0: Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope to give you a little more insight into industry's perspective. Today's episode is about options in government contracts. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to talk about options.
1: We are, and options in contracts is one of those things that you think is easy until you realize how much people don't know about them. Also wanted to say thanks to everyone who showed up for our first ever contracting officer meetup in DC. It was a lot of fun. Hope to see you at the next one.
0: Let's set the stage. What are we talking about? By reading a little out of the FAR. So open your FAR to FAR 2.101 and read along.
1: <laughs> wow, that's <sounds> <laughs> anyway, So right. an
0: option means a unilateral right in a contract by which for a specified time the government may elect to purchase additional supplies or services called for by the contract or may elect to extend the term of the contract and we'll talk about sorry that's the little cut where i stop reading we'll talk about each of those things specified time additional supplies or services extend the term we'll talk about that in a minute so which time zone are we talking about kevin this is pretty much all of the zones, because you're you're considering whether or not you should include options as part of your your market research and writing the RFP and you're evaluating during source selections. They really come into play during while you're executing the contract, administering the contract.
1: And for those of you who are new to the podcast, go to listen to podcast number three, Acquisition, acquisition Time Zones. That'll fill
0: you in on what we're talking about. So now that we've read what an option is, what you really need to know is options are not part of the contract until they're exercised so they are but they aren't but if for the government side the option the value of the option is usually included in in the value of the contract or your or your acquisition plan when you're looking at approval thresholds and what i mean there is if the approval threshold to go from say the contracting officer to the next level up is $5 million. And you have a $4 million acquisition you're looking at, but there's an option for $2 million more worth of work. That counts as a $6 million contract when it comes to approval thresholds and the next level up gets to approve it. So you can't, you can't use options to just keep things moving along and keep higher levels from, uh, from reviewing them.
1: And also keep in mind that when someone says that we have a $5 million contract, It may be a $5 million contract over five years, which means that then this is the contracting officer brain kicking in. Technically, it's a one-year contract with four options. (laughs) So you really only got one year worth of work. And the reason that's important, the basic idea to get is the total evaluated price may include all of those options. So when you're looking at the source selection, make sure you understand whether or not the option prices are included in the evaluation. And that's why we say we have a $5 million contract when you really don't make sure you understand whether or not the prices of the options are included in your evaluation and in the, in the contract going forward, because they're number one, they're not included in the contract yet. Like you just said, Paul, and also they may be included for evaluation purposes. See the difference there? It's very it's very easy to miss that they're gonna count against you from picking whether or not you should win, but they're not actually part of the contract yet. So that's kind of that's a fun way to look at it. Maddening, but fun.
0: <laughs> How do you know if you have an option in your contract? Well, there's option clauses that you gotta look for. Well, if you're communicating well, you'll know that up front. The basic clauses are far it's fifty two two seventeen three different things that you can have an option to acquire as the government. You can increase the quantity of whatever you're going to buy at a specific price. You can extend services for a short time. The clause actually says the FAR clause actually says the total extension can't exceed six months, or you can extend the term of the contract. And this is longer than six months. This is actually extending your contract. So that it's kind of a nuance there. It says extend two different ways, extend services, most of the time, I've seen this as an option to extend services so that if you're going to recompete it at the end of the period of performance and that's not going as well as you think, you can keep the contractor on for a little bit longer while you complete that. That's sort of how you think of it. Option to extend the term of contract is you have a one-year contract to do something and you have a, the government has an option to extend it for another year or another two years or one year at a time if there's multiple options. I've already said too much about clauses. Let's move on to why this is important. (laughs) Keep on rolling. It's important because the government has a unilateral right to exercise an option.
1: And and what that means, by the way, just in case it isn't obvious, it means you already agreed to this as the contractor. So they're just going to drop it on you.
0: They're just going to send a modification that says the option is hereby exercised and it's also important to understand that the, the option has to be exercised exactly as it was proposed or negotiated. They on, The government only has a unilateral right to buy what you've already agreed to. Otherwise, it's a change, it's an engineering change proposal, and it's a bilateral situation where, yes, they can buy more, but it's a negotiated buy more, and both sides have to agree to it. Now, I think that this option thing is abused a lot where the government will will partially exercise an option or they'll exercise an option a little bit differently and from the industry side will they accept it yeah they'll probably accept a unilateral partial exercise of an option even though that's not a real thing but if they want any of the work they'll take it it's rather better than none but this is, this is something that, that's abused and that, that the government needs to understand, that they only get to, to exercise exactly what is on there. Otherwise, it's up for negotiation.
1: And the other factor to note is that options can expire. In fact, they not can. They do expire. The contracting officer has to exercise by a certain date. In fact, in the clauses, it'll, usually it's usually 15 days it'll say contracting officer has to notify you either they need to exercise it before x date or they have to at least notify you they're going to and so the example would be the contract option exercise has to happen before the option work starts so if the, say clin 2 is, is clin number 2 contract line item number 2 starts on october 1st the contract doing officer can't wait till september 30th to tell you he's got to tell you ahead of time if this is a production contract think about what that means is they're saying, okay, we're gonna be buying more of these products from you during next year. They need to have enough notice up front. And this is one of those, this is that gray area where as a contracting officer, you need to know what that date is. Cause if you call them one day after the 15 days they had, technically, you don't have a unilateral right anymore. Now, as a contractor we're going to say, oh, you don't have a unilateral right? I'm, you know, all of a sudden they're gonna go lock horns with you?
0: No, no but if that, if that option exercise price is no longer advantageous, the gov- or the contractor may say, all right. Well, since you didn't tell me on time, we'll be happy to do this work, but it's going to cost you more.
1: Yeah. And it, this is a great example of why we need to communicate because yeah. co- contracting officers have more contracts than they know, to know what to do with. I'm sure there's – I, I have screwed this up. Back in the early days, before I even knew what this clause was, I, I messed it up when I worked at Wright-Patterson. And fortunately, I was at day 14, and I talked to the company, and, and he said, you know, it, it's fine. It's it's done. It wasn't a big deal. And I got to – and that's, I remember this now. You messed that up once. So knowing about that stuff is a big deal up front.
0: Yeah, the, you mentioned the exercise by date. It's, it's, it's in advance of when the work needs to be done. And that the period of how far it has to be exercised in advance is is directly related to what type of work and how much warning the contractor needs. And that's a negotiable thing. And how, how much warning someone gets is something that could be negotiated.
1: So how does the contracting officer justify exercising? Well, first of all, start with the fact that they have to. They have to justify why this exercise makes sense, why it's the best interest of the government.
0: Another FAR reference, 17.207 gives all these reasons why. Right.
1: And so, for example, they have to say, yes, the funds are still available. Yes, the requirement is still needed. It's not just an admin exercise. They actually need it. So there's some examples. Essentially, what all of these talk to is that after considering price and other factors, the contracting officer has to determine that it's still the most advantageous offer to the government. And what that means is the contracting officer is responsible for saying, okay, we, we competed this five years ago and we got it for a hundred dollars a pop fast forward four years, something major has changed in the market. And this product is now available commercially for $15 a pop stupid example, but this could happen particularly, you know, pick, pick a technology or whatever.
0: Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a safety factor. You got to look around yeah. just cause you have an option. You can't just blindly exercise it. You got to look around and make right. sure that it still makes sense.
1: Right. And so that's a great example as a contractor be aware of that. Be aware of are they looking around? Do you have do you have risk? Should you be ahead of this curve and say the price for this is going down, let's renegotiate our option because I know that you can get a better deal as opposed to them doing what I would do, which is like, you know what? Yeah, if I can get it for 10% of what you're charging me because the market has changed, your option is not going to get exercised and all of a sudden you just lost your work. So pay attention.
0: Why should the government care? about these options well options are a great way to lock in the ability to buy more of the stuff at a given price at at a fixed price in the future or it's a great way to extend the period of performance of your contract if you are satisfied with the performance without going through the whole competition all over again
1: and and it's also a more effective way to execute and manage the contract faster because you you can have a longer contract and you're able to move out quickly.
0: And The opposite of that is the government should care because they can they can end the contract early or or more accurately just not continue performance or delivery if they're not satisfied with what they get. So uh, the the uh, or or if
1: it's not needed anymore. That's
0: yeah, the other. yeah, good point. And the opposite of that is a there's a perception that it keeps the industry honest. If there's options on there, the honesting with uh with air quotes, of course, industry's honest. But the, the perception is that they'll be more cooperative if they know that there's options out there that, that may not be exercised. They kind of have to earn the exercise of the option. So that's a good thing.
1: And then there's the efficiency. I mean, the government talks about having the the ability to compete for a longer contract, even though they may only have one-year money. And to, to learn, learn about the colors of money, go listen to podcast number 19. and basically says that, that Congress gives – for services, it's one year of money. You only have one year to use that money because it's, it's consumables, it's services. But you can award a five-year contract. And you can price what are the services going to cost me for the next five years, even though you don't actually have the money yet. This allows for the contracting officer and the customer and the user to be able to get five years of, of locked-in budgeting they say, this is going to cost me this much four years from now, so now I know what my budgeting is, even though I don't actually have the ability to spend that money.
0: Right, so it commits the government only for one year at a time if for the year that they have their money. Then next year, if they have their money and they're happy and they can justify it, they exercise the option. If the money doesn't come up, there's no commitment on the government's part to continue performance.
1: That was a better way of saying it.
0: <laughs> Why does industry care so much about options? From industry side, this is your chance to get more work without competing for it. It's already in the contract. All the government has to do is send you a mod and and you get to go on without all that proposal stuff.
1: Yeah, this is a chance to build long-term relationships. Is it, you know, a five-year contract, particularly, again, I pick on service contracts because they're the most obvious example. But a five-year service contract, if you're performing well, it, five years is a long time for you to really get to know a customer and to really build out a, a lot of expertise and build a long-term relationship. And it also is a chance you get really good at delivering that product or service. So when it comes time to recompete, you're able to hit it out of the park, right? And then, of course, there's also the cash flow. Cash flow part of it now there's an asterisk next to that because remember we said you don't actually have a five year contract you have a one year base with four options, and then when the next option gets exercised, now you have a two year contract with three options so be <laughs> careful about don't count on that cash flow but long term it's it's better to have longer contracts and options allows for that
0: yep that and that's you just kind of said what I was going to say is industry cares they got to remember it's not guaranteed work. these are options, and they may not be exercised if you're performing poorly or if the government's funding is not available the next year or for any reason or no reason at all, <laughs> they, they may not be exercised. So it's not guaranteed where you can't count on it. You should count on it because you're going to plan on doing a good job and you're going to plan that the funding is going to be available and that the government wants to continue. But it's not guaranteed. And I think uh, especially small businesses, you can get trapped into the the idea of thinking, hey, I see that on the contract. So it's something they're going to buy. No, government doesn't have to.
1: And for those of you who are community members, you notice the first question in the RFP score tool that you have is, do you know this contract is funded for the entire life of the contract? This is where that shows up. This is why that's important. That's why we ask that question, is the first question of the RFP score algorithm is on the idea of, you have options, but are they actually going to generate business for you? So what other issues do we have? Well, there's also the chance the government may terminate you without terminating you with using your
0: right. Right. So that's what not exercising the option is. If, If they're not happy with your performance, they may not exercise the next option. So they don't go through the whole termination thing. But if you were planning on five years worth of work and two years in, you're stinking it up. Government's not happy. All they have to do is not exercise the option and you're done. There's no drama and you don't have any way to argue with that.
1: And if, here's an indicator of that. If, if you see the requirement for your contract that you have an option for being posted on an episode, <laughs> that's an indicator they're unhappy. Anyway, sorry.
0: Right. So the other thing that industry needs to understand, and this has to do specifically with source selections, options may be included in the price, the total evaluated price of your proposal. They may not be. They may be. There's a clause that the RFP should tell you whether they're going to be included or not. Hint, they usually are. So you can't price the base period, the the initial part of the contract low, and throw a bunch of costs in the out years and think, oh yeah, I'll still be evaluated as the low price because those option prices are going to be evaluated as part of the overall cost of of your proposal. Also, you got to understand that the options are not guaranteed. So if you go in and you propose a base price that you're going to lose money on and count on making it up in the options, they may never be exercised.
1: So in conclusion, you're all excited to hear that, I bet, <laughs> it is the, the three things you really need to understand. Number one is understand how the options are evaluated, which you, Paul, you just talked about that in detail. Include whether or not the totally evaluated price includes the options. Understand during the source selection, is this going to be part of your pricing or not? Number two is understand the government's right to exercise unilaterally, meaning they're just going to do it or not. And you need to be be communicating with your government customer to know where you are
0: in that cycle. And then number three, this is the very first thing we talked about. Options are either a part of your contract or they're not part of your contract if they're not exercised. So when you look at your contract, you may see options in there and value for those. You can't count automatically that that's going to be work that you're going to get. You can't count on that work being a part of your contract automatically. You have to earn that as getting the option exercised.
1: Yes, and understand the risk management of whether or not it does get exercised.
0: All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for being a podcast listener. Don't forget to send us your topics, ContractingOfficerPodcast.com. Hit contact and let us know what you want to hear about. Let us know what you want to learn about. That's how we get most of the things that we've been talking about so far. Don't forget to connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook and write us a review on iTunes. Why, Kevin?
1: (laughs) Because it's how people find us and we're giving away this information for free, so please help them find it.
0: If the podcast is enough for you as a listener, that's awesome. If you want more depth on any of these topics, join the Skyway Connection community. You go to skywayacquisition.com slash connect. And if you use the promo code podcast, you can try the community for free.
1: And and this is a great example of, this is one I'm going to make a a, a webcast out of and actually have a webinar that gives you a lot more detail on options because we we cut out a lot of content here to fit <laughs> into 20 minutes
0: and the last plea remember that the contracting officer podcast is entirely self-funded by kevin and myself if you want to throw a dollar in the guitar case as we sit on the street corner and sing our songs for you you can be a podcast backer. If you go to the Contracting Officer Podcast website, there's a link you could throw a couple bucks away. if you're if you're getting value out of this and want to help keep the, the uh, website and the podcast going, it would be muchly appreciated.
1: <laughs> muchly. <laughs> that ain't even a word. All right.
0: <laughs> talk to you later. later. <laughs> Bye. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, go to contractingofficerpodcast.com. Hit the contact button and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening.